Hi everyone, welcome to Best in Books. My name is Charbie. And I'm Sam. And today on our episode, we are going to be reviewing Fourth Wing. And so on this podcast, Sam and I are trying to contextualize books that we read in our world of STEM. Uh, We're both STEM majors and currently on internship, and we have a lot of time to read. So it's been good. (laughs) So yeah, today we're reviewing Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. Um, This is actually her first book that she's written in the fantasy genre, which is really cool. She writes a lot of like military romance before this. Um, But yeah, and so... This book, Fourth Wing, was just announced as the Goodreads Choice Award 2023 Romanticy Pick, which is really freaking cool. Yeah, super excited. We both went into this book kind of blind. Um, I don't have the algorithm on my social media (laughs) to be getting all the memes and such, but Charby is very much in touch with it. So kudos (laughs) to Charby for not seeing any spoilers before actually getting to the book. Thank you, Bookstagram. Thank you, Bookstagram, for not spoiling it, but providing good content. Um, so this first section of the episode, we're going to be talking about the book. Generally, there won't be any spoilers. Consider this your sales pitch if you haven't read the book yet. And we'll make it very obvious when we're heading into spoiler territory. So, Charvi, take it away. Mm-hmm. Give us a rundown of what is happening. Yeah, firstly, I just want to say our episode is called Fourth Wing and the Raunchy Dragons. And... You know, if you know, you know. If you don't know, you you will know. know. (laughs) That's our slogan. That That should be our slogan. If you don't know, you will. Yes. Thanks for signing up. Yeah. Our our, our, um, titles for our podcast episodes are kind of like Harry Potter and the trauma he lived through. So this is Fourth Wing and the trauma we lived through, but not really because it was really. really funny. We both, yeah, we both thoroughly enjoyed it. It was very <laughs> funny. But we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. First we're, things first. Yeah, and we're, we're also going to be discussing bonus scenes later on in this episode, yes. too. Uh, it's newly released, I think, in like the beginning of November when Iron Flame, the second book to this uh, series. Series of five, by the way, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah, but uh, it was really smart of her. Like She released some bonus scenes um, for the first book along with the next, so that's really cool. So yeah, we'll get into a little intro about what the book is about. So um, it's... a fantasy setting um a new world and the place that the main characters live in is called navarre it's a territory and they are at war with a bordering territory and so navarre is kind of like in partnership with the dragons that live behind their territory who make their wards as well they're the reason that they have defense against these bordering territories so they have some uh symbiotic relationship (laughs) And that's the extent of my biology knowledge. (laughs) Carry on, Charlie. Absolutely. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, Navarre in partnership, symbiotic with the (laughs) dragons. And the bordering territory has griffins, which, yeah, is like a half-eagle, half-lion creature. So, yeah, very fantasy. And Sam said something about how it's, like, based on Greek mythology. Yeah, that's that's a creature that shows up in Greek mythology. Dragons aren't. I think dragons are more from... Mm-hmm. Nordic, Slavic. If I'm wrong, don't be too mean to me. Um, but that's my understanding of it. I could be very wrong. But there are dragons in so many different cultures. So, mm-hmm. But these dragons, the way they're described, they're massive. They're not toothless, as Charvi used to think oh in gosh. the beginning. Yeah. They are massive dragons, multiple, like 20 feet tall. I don't think in feet, so I don't really know. But that's the sentence <laughs> that was used in the book. Shout out metric system for existing. <laughs> 
Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, these are not, these are, like, your traditional storybook dragons that you see as a yeah. kid. And the griffins are, yeah, half lion, half eagle, confirmed by Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Good point, like, about, like, different cultures having dragons, though. Like, you know, even, like, Chinese culture. Oh, like, totally. You see, you see it on a lot and of it, mythology. it comes up later in the book as well. Oh, yeah? But I'll mention we'll it when mention- we get there, because that's a spoiler. Okay, sounds good. Okay, um, so we've got the main character. Her name's Violet Soringale, and she is the general's daughter. So this is a very, like, war-centered, you know, community. Um, you know, when you're part of the military, that's how you get, like, you know... It's a military... She had a military upbringing. Her mother yeah. was a important general in a previous rebellion that happened in this land. Um, her father was a scribe, and... She was born with connective tissue disorder. Which Sam did not know. <laughs> I did not know. Because, I, okay, they have healers in this book. They have different, um, kind of very, like, divergent-esque quadrants. Yeah. So they have their healers, scribes, infantry, which is just, like, your typical military setup. Like, the army, if you will. And then the dragon riders, which are... Uh, like the secret service, if you will, or something. They're like intense military. Um, but anyways, Violet was trying to be a scribe because, you know, she was physically smaller and weaker. And I didn't know that her tissues had issues connecting, okay? Because the author, where did she decide to stick that information? Not that information. So she's. it's based on the author's actual disorder, that she has lived with and her sons have lived through. So I was bullying Violet and I have decided to revoke my rights to speech afterwards because damn. <laughs> yeah. Guys, we have a soundboard. Charlie's gonna only slightly abuse it. Uh, <laughs> only to bully you. <laughs> only to bully only to make me feel bad about bullying a disabled character. <laughs> So, yeah, we get disabled representation. We actually get some decent amount of representation in this book, mm-hmm. uh, which generally with fantasy, we found that to be a challenge. Even, actually, no, like, we got representation, but we found that art through Charvi's fan art searches. Yeah. Gosh, I didn't know one of the characters was, like, a POC, like, a person of color, because a lot of the fan art was, like, you know, I, I think this is, like, a big hot topic in the um, community, like... A lot of the fan art was whitewashing some of the characters. Classic. But then, like, Rebecca Yaros herself went out and said, no, this character is a POC. And that's crazy. I I get it now. Now I look back and, like, he's described with, like, tawny skin and, like, everything. I know. Yeah. But even then, it's still, like, so generically written. Like, can you blame the public? Yeah. I don't know. It makes you wonder, like, what people in... Yeah. Like, if you were to read this in... Oh, God. I don't know. South America or Asia for that matter do they imagine them differently because mm-hmm. Tawny's skin doesn't that's say anything true. else that's true but I think that's like also the beauty of like fantasy too is like it's that's a totally true. new world it doesn't have the rules of our world it doesn't have the history of our world true so like you know people could be of so many different skin colors and people have different you know wars and Actually, prejudice and everything so yeah that's the thing that um this is kind of going on a tangent but what is a podcast if not a planned tangent um the avatar movies like the blue people movies have come up with issue just to clarify not not the airbender series that's coming next year the blue the blue people movies that's a thing it is a very like classic tale of colonizer and colonized Mm -hmm. and um i've seen like debates and 
discussions online saying that it's taking stories that indigenous people can associate with and black people can associate with and then kind of just blue washing them mm. so kind of like dodging the bullet so um, i don't know that's a that's like another can of worms to take taking a, away the history kind of yeah like um, not putting the actual name to it uh-huh i see but again so diversity in fantasy is is up to not in, a challenge but up to interpretation up to interpretation i just found it difficult like I do I, claim I kept... Zayden as one of my known. Yeah. <laughs> he's Latino. <laughs> and I said so. Maybe maybe he's South Asian. Who knows? Sure, okay. But, we can share. But one of the characters, like, Riddock, definitely Riddick, is. Riddick, yeah. So, like, some some of the characters, like, were very clearly described as, like, yeah. something that we would uh, we would know in our world. But yeah. Anyways, that's interesting. Sam and I are both POC, so this is a <laughs> okay, good... Okay, exposed. A good conversation for us to have. No, it definitely um, comes up when we're reading books. It's definitely a lens that we take it. Because mm-hmm. once you notice it, you can't not notice it. Yeah, and you want to, like, see yourself in, like, the media that you consume. Not the but... people that die, though. No, we don't take those. Well, we do. But, like, rest in peace. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. We're getting off topic. Yeah. So Violet. Yeah. Who's gonna be a scribe? No longer. Yeah, Violet. And she is now being forced into the writer's quadrant by her mother, who is, like, the general of this war college that she lives at called Biscayeth. And so Violet has to, like, train for the past, like, six months. At the beginning of the book, she has trained for literally six months, whereas everybody else going into that college has trained for life to be there because it is so cutthroat. People are dying left, right, and center. Um, And in the first year alone, like, their class size cut in half. That's more than that. Way more than that. Gruesome deaths. Gruesome deaths. And, yeah, like, it's not just like, oh, oh, he fell off the cliff. It's like, no, there's a guy who's actively murdering people. Yeah, or the dragons will, or the just, dragons like, will just, like, burn you. You are because, not worthy. Yeah, because like you're... Like <laughs> <laughs> Because your personality just doesn't click. Yeah. You gotta be one of us, you know? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, lots of death. It kind of makes you a little bit, like... Um, I liked it. I think it, like, sets the stakes high from the get-go, you know? Like, it could happen to anybody, too, because it wasn't just... Even Violet, with her connective issue... Tissue disorder... (laughs) No, wait. Her connective tissue disorder, she goes through... her her (laughs) tissues have issues. Stop. No. (laughs) She gets hurt a lot. Like, she doesn't go to the healers because she doesn't want to seem weak and stuff, but she does get... A lot of injuries and like bones are breaking, muscles are mending, tendons are cracking. Yeah, the whole deal. The whole. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've dislocated my kneecap like three times. I can't imagine like how her body does that stuff on the reg. On the reg. Ouch. <laughs> um. So that's Violet. Poor Violet. Uh. But yeah, it make the war college makes you really numb to death because it's just happening all around you and like that's what she said like in during the war college years you lose your humanity just with how many people around you i lost my humanity when i had to do well in my presentations in class so that's all it took for me people didn't have to die yeah but violet's (laughs) built different that's on her (laughs) and it's definitely like a weed out kind of thing like we were talking about what weed out was for us and that for me it was like comp sci 331 (laughs) which was data structures and algorithms oh my i would either say calculus 2 or calculus 3 Depending what kind of engineering you went to, there was different weeder classes. But calc is just 
It'll take you out. It'll take anybody out. So, kudos to everybody who's made it this far. In any career, go and you. even if you have to do it again, no that's shame. fine. Yeah. Uh, but Violet doesn't really get a second chance at this war college. No. <laughs> <laughs> do or die. Yeah. That's actually uh, on the cover of the book. It says fly or die. Oh, yeah, there you go. I thought that was a bit dramatic at first, but I was like, okay. Yeah, Makes actually, sense. something with this book is that hearing this general synopsis of it, you're like, oh, okay, so this is every single other romance book ever. But the way it's written and the way the characters are written, the the male uh, love interest here actually has, like, a personality and his own motivations, his own mission. He's not just this... I mean, he is the tall, dark, handsome trope, sure. Mm-hmm. But he also has other stuff going for him. Yeah. Introduce him. Zayden. I'm ready. Zayden Ryerson. But first we have to introduce Dane. Oh, yes. Okay, so... so yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a little bit of a, you know, there's there's some options for her in this romance book. Supposedly. Zayden or Dane. We shall see. Dane is her childhood friend, one year her senior. So he's been at the college for a year when Violet is going into it. Uh, so she instinctively reaches out to him for, you know, protection and making sure that nobody gets on her case. Because even before that she goes in, um, it's established that in this world there was some sort of rebellion between two different groups. And the way that the rebels were dealt with was, well, the, they were killed by the general Executed, that's the word. Uh, by the general's, the main general's dragon, and the kids of all these rebels are now marked visibly with, like, I guess kind of tattoos? Yeah. Sort of vibes? Um, so everybody can tell them apart, so they're always seen like, a different light. There's an us and them factor into this. And since Violet is the daughter of a very important general in this rebellion, um, her sister Mira tells her from the get-go, giving her this armor for her first day of school, you're gonna, there's gonna be people trying to kill you. Zayden and Ryerson being one of the people you should avoid the most. Mm-hmm. The since... son of the rebellion's leader. Exactly. So, so that's just yeah. some context for um, the conditions that we're entering. <laughs> awesome. So, what would you guys think are, like, your dragons? Because, like, Sam has a dog. I she love my pet. dog. And he is very fierce, and he could breathe fire one day, I'm sure. Nah, he's no. too lazy for that. Maybe in his <laughs> youthful, spry years, but uh, he's calmed down. Actually, no, dogs are very much like forever puppies, you know? That's true. So it's very, it's more like Andarna vibes. Yeah, Andarna just mentally. is one of, one of the dragons that we She's see. one of the dragons that we'll meet later on. Um, since Charmy doesn't have pets. I do not. She gets to cope. And says her car is her dragon. <laughs> which makes more sense because I can't ride my dog. <laughs> but my car takes me everywhere and it's very cute too. So. And you can't fall off it. Well, mm. actually, that's not drinks it. Knock on wood oh, there. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know. I've always felt like my car is my friend. You know, even when I was driving my dad's car around, I was like waiting for, you know, home time after school. And be like, okay, this is our pet. This is our friend. Um, so, yeah, let me know if you guys have Yeah, somebody validate Charmy because I can't. Dog or a car that is your best buddy. Or just dragon in general. I think everybody wanted a dragon after How to Train Your Dragon. I know. Oh, my God. Can we talk about that for a second? Because I fully could not get, like, Toothless's, like, you know, 
but he's so baby. I couldn't get him out of my mind when I was reading about the dragons. The and dragons then, here are not anything like that. Guys, the fan art saved me. When I finally went on, like, you know, Bookstagram, and I was like, I need to imagine these characters better. Then I saw how big and, like, scary the dragons are, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, shout out to the <laughs> artist for saving Charvy of thinking all this battle is happening. Poor little toothless. <laughs> God, why would you put him through this? <laughs> but, like, some of that fan art, amazing. Oh, my gosh. Incredible. And, like, it made my experience reading the book so much better because then you can, like, put, like, a face to how the uh, author is describing it. And you can, like, you know, pick, too. Like, oh, I really like this de- depiction of yeah. Violet. And, like, oh, this is what her hair looks like. I like comparing mm-hmm. to, like, I like building my own image first and then mm-hmm. comparing. Yeah. Because I like to grade myself on stuff that's not graded. Yeah. But I win at character design, <laughs> if anyone asked. Another thing that really, like, made my experience reading the book so good was listening to music that you guys put on, like, Spotify. Um, I think it's, like, reading playlists. Like, if you just search up, like, a forthcoming oh. reading playlist, like, so good. It makes it so much better. We made our own, too, if you guys want to check it out on our Spotify account. Best yeah. in books. The link will be in our Instagram, too, which also yeah. came out after our first episode. Thank you to everybody yeah. who's followed us. We appreciate all your support. It makes us feel a lot better that we're not talking into the void um but a little note on the music is i also listen to reading playlists but i literally just look up reading and do not specify the book so i was reading some intense like battle or some intense like intimate scenes and the shire from the hobbit was playing in the back which doesn't doesn't set the tone right so just a note, make sure you specify the book, yeah. or else you know, your vibes are going to be very weird. No, I was listening to, like, the new Madam Web trailer song, like, the oh, Bury yeah. a Friend x, like, Spider-Man theme, and that was really good for the battle scenes, because it just felt, like, you know, so cool. That happens to me when I leave the movie theater after, like, a really epic yeah. movie and have all this energy, I'm like, yes, a warrior, yes. and then I just get in my car and go home. Sam so- and I are big Marvel fans. Go superheroes. Well, okay. We used Older to be. Marvel fans. <laughs> Not so much these days. Not so much the new things. Um, but that's okay. There's better movies out Maybe there. Maybe there will be a redemption arc in our life. We can only hope. Yeah. Um, another thing I really loved about this book is how Rebecca Yaros wrote it. Yes. It was just like, that made it for me. Like, you know, we could talk about writers, we could talk about dragons and all that, but... Unless it's written, like, in a way where you feel immersed, you're not going to, like, you know, That's like true. it. So, like, some things she did that made us feel that this way is every chapter has, like, a foreword or, like, some, like, little quote about something that um, maybe, like, a script or, like, a Like, something a from book. a textbook yeah. or, like, a class note that somebody took yeah. or Violet gets her brother's old journal yeah. from her sister. Yeah. And he wrote a whole bunch of advice for for both of them yeah. to go into that. So it, it, it really, well, A, characterizes the characters, mm-hmm. not just Violet, but also Brennan, who has passed away before everything even started. Um, and it also gives, like, history and how the war works and how the history has been written. Yeah, and especially because, like, Violet was, like, training to be a scribe, right? So it might be, like, stuff that she knows from, like, studying all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then it kind of gave us a peek into what the chapter would be about, too. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, this is about poisons? Oh, my gosh, this chapter is going to have, like, poison stuff in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did that really well, also just writing. Because the writing style is, is really interesting. The forward quotes were good. 
I just think, generally speaking, Violet's character was built really well. Not, like, you would think that going into this, you know, with your typical mindset of, oh, it's just another romance fantasy book. She's just not like other girls, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. But she legitimately is not. And they, it's done well, she in my opinion. She is like other girls. No, not like no. other girls. <laughs> she's not like other girls. But, like, not sarcastically. But, like, for real, yeah. For real? She didn't want to be there. She was, she has her entire background in something else and is put into this and applies her knowledge and adapts really well and overcomes her issues with physical activity mm-hmm. in other creative intelligent ways so i really appreciated that that she wasn't just like other girls just because she like doesn't like pink or whatever but <laughs> it was for a legitimate reason and you could see and it was well written and additionally so they had the forward quotes and then something that also helped with violet's character being so well written is that she would also recite her memorized text and Mm -hmm. stuff like that while she was stressed out yeah there's like her nervous tick exactly she did it to like calm herself down and such in in some of her stressful tests and activities and such but it really like added to it because if they if she had only done it one time and then never again it would have been just like an info dump Mm -hmm. which is like okay fine if you must but the fact that she did it repeatedly means that it's like her character it's in character for her to do that and it was also just such an interesting way for us to learn about the world because, like, a fantasy, you know, new world, there's so much information. There, like, the, the author has to do so much world building, but to, like, learn about it from the character, having this knowledge and saying it to herself when she's calming herself down, like, you could hear her speaking it, and it was, like, not boring because... It's not the info dump. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, that was really cool. What else? Cool. Uh, no, there was something else I wanted to mention with the writing style. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get to that once the spoilers begin because yeah. I don't want to give too much stuff away. Yeah. Uh, Some of the stuff that we had written down for hard stuff to deal with in fantasy is that info dump, uh, that overload of information that usually tends to happen. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say, I remembered. Um, they have some sort of belief system that relates to their gods and such. Mm-hmm. They're not based on any any actual religion. gods that I know or religion yeah. that I'm aware of. But she doesn't, like, go into the history of where this came from. So it's, like, a reasonable amount of, of information it gives. So you understand that they have mm-hmm. their beliefs and they have their gods of war and gods of knowledge, etc., mm-hmm. etc. But the dragons... Um, they do not believe in the gods, and I thought it was so funny, one quote from the book, like, one of the dragons was, you know, uh, saying, like, we don't believe in your puny gods, and that just reminded me of, like, Loki, like, you know that scene in one of the Marvel movies, I think it's Avengers, where Hulk throws Loki around, and then Loki's, like, whimpering, and then he's, like, puny god. The fact that Trevor remembers this (laughs) from, like, 2012 or something (laughs) like that? Insane. (laughs) I'm a fan. Was a fan. (laughs) Yeah, um, me. Yeah, so, anyways, if you guys like any dragon, you know, shows, books, or anything, How to Train Your Dragon, but, you know, you're older now and you're not 12 anymore. Don't bash <laughs> on How to Train Dragon like that. It is still a piece of art. That truly is a masterpiece. It made me cry. <laughs> oh, it did. But, it, like, this is, like, better. Not, not better, it's just different. It deals it's with like other themes. The nostalgia of How to Train Your Dragon with, like, world you war. know politics war everything also like if you like game of thrones too like this this book kind of has that vibe too you if know, you say so game i haven't of thrones, seen it game of thrones is like very much more severe and more adult but um 
this book is like you know easy cool it's like read. simple game of thrones this yeah this mm-hmm. is very much i would um, i wouldn't say it's like a young adult book although yeah. at times it did feel a little Maybe, simple yeah. and juvenile but it's fun to read the story is fun it's interesting I read it in two days, which I haven't done. I haven't gone through a 500-page book in two days since I was, like, maybe 13, 14. So it's been a minute. Um, but it's a quick read. It's simple, and it's fun. I'm so excited for us to be done this podcast because Sam and I haven't read Iron Flame yet. I, we have our copies. It's literally sitting beside we've us. We've been waiting for this podcast so we don't accidentally spoil anything. And yeah. We can just focus on this book. But, yeah, tonight we are going to be starting. <laughs> Correct. Okay, I think it's time. Yeah, we'll give our ratings, and then we'll start on the spoilers. So I personally really loved it. I call it a five, just because, you know, as you said, the story itself and the way it was written, like, it just made me feel so at home. And I felt like I really connected with, you know, some of the themes, and just, it was fun. It was just so fun to read, and I, I ate it, like... she's trying she's trying she's trying um i okay see i don't give my five rate five star ratings out easily this book was very close but i hmm, it it was a good book i gave it a 4.5 there were some times where i'm like it's predictable like that juvenile feeling that i was mentioning before but it was still very fun very fun to read the romance was well written. The characters were really well written. And just the narration style is incorporates the dragons as well. The dragons are so fun. How can you not like dragons? So yeah. Read the book if you haven't yet. You are it's some it's worth reading. It's worth getting into. And then you can come back and talk about it with us. Hell yeah. So, this is your warning. We are now going into spoiler territory. If you haven't read it. See you later. Bye. If you have, let's spill tea. So, <laughs> the way that we, <laughs> when we were preparing for this episode, <laughs> I, re- I essentially rewrote the entire book. I wrote a, such a long synopsis, which we covered a good chunk of it now. So, give us a minute. Well, okay. No. We start with the first test. Let's yes. skip to there. So, Violet's first test, she has to cross this parapet, which, if you didn't know... I also didn't know. I had to Google this while I was <laughs> mid-book. It really kind of took me out of it a little bit. But a parapet is essentially like a very skinny, skinny stone bridge um, off a cliffside. or It's like the connection between two towers and a castle, sort of, but just mm-hmm. stupid skinny. I will say, like, the architecture is so hard for me. Like, what's a bluff? What's a citadel? What's a rotunda? A ro- the rotunda is the only one I still don't know. The citadel is like a... I don't know. Like, I can draw it for you, but I cannot define it. Sure. (laughs) This is why the artist saved me. Thank you. Yeah, the art. So, the visualization really helps. And also, the way that their military ranks are set up. I saw somewhere on the internet that they have a diagram. And, like, why is that not in the first book? Because they call their sections, like, the claw. What what is it? Claw, wing, tail section. And then each section has, like, four squadron. I don't know. Flame section. I don't know. At some point, I was just reading. I was like, okay, whatever. The part of the military that I don't care about because it's not (laughs) Violet. Shout out to your cadet days. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's a bit of lore we'll use for later. Uh, So she passes the parapet, calming her nerves with reciting the history that she has been studying, which we mentioned. Um, And this is where we meet Jack, the murderous man in uh, her class. 
Also Listen. known as Jackass. By Charvy, baptized as Jackass. Yes. He is a Jackass. It's it's kind of crazy. But you have to have like that stock villain. Yeah. Because that was all he was there to do is stir the pot in murder. <laughs> um then she meets we see Dane, we get to meet Dane and he seems like a very protective Oh. At first there's like this like will they won't they vibe, like, ooh, she likes him at first. Oh, she's so attracted to him. I know. She, like even from the very beginning when she knows like oh my god, this guy could kill me. She's like, I just met the handsomest man ever. Oh, that's Zayden, Zayden. Oh, we're talking about Zayden. Oh, well, no, Zayden, Zayden is, like, a hot man, (laughs) attractive dude, who, you know, he's tall, he has, like, pecs that need a bra, he, he's tattooed because he's a rebel's son, dark hair, black as midnight, you know, I'm not in my writing mood right now, but I'll do a better job (laughs) when I am. Um, so that's kind of, and Rhiannon, her mm-hmm. best friend. Yeah. Becomes her best friend. Yeah. In the book, and... Yes, you sorry, you were talking about Dane. Yeah, like, I hate Dane. We hate Dane. Dane is very red flag. Um, Dane has issues, and he's also very politically motivated. He is, well, politically motivated, but he is very much a stickler to the rules. And he's a really good example of what happens if you don't actually do any bit of critical thinking. Yeah. And when you value a system that doesn't value you over people that do. Yeah, when when you do not have two brain cells. It's a bare minimum requirement, but yes, Charvie's right. Um... So, as we mentioned before, Zayden and Violet have this sort of, I called it predetermined beef in my notes, <laughs> uh, because their parents were, like, mortally fighting each other, and it was, it was Violet's mom that killed. Executed. Executed yeah. uh, Zayden's dad. And, and all the other parents of the rebellion. So, not only, like... Is there predetermined beef between her and Zayden, but also all the rebellion kids, the kids right. of the rebellion, the marked ones. They like all have something against her because literally all their parents they blame their parents' death on her mother. Sins of the mother, mm-hmm. if you will. Another theme in this book. Um so, so one of the first challenges that she has to go through that also shows her intelligence is the there's, like, a round robin of battles. She has to, like, build her way up her ranks, and every time you go into hand-to-hand combat, you win a little knife. Mm-hmm. And all this gets you, like, points, and you're training to be claimed by a dragon when you've passed the final test, which is the gauntlet. Um, just essentially a very not-well-described obstacle course. I had a really hard time imagining what they I were going through with that. I was just thinking about, like, the Percy Jackson one in the second movie, you know, in the you beginning You thought of the scenes. movie? Yeah, like, you know, Crime. the beginning. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I don't even remember the second Percy Jackson book, but the... Sea of Monsters Cooked. Yes. The movie had, like, that, you know, big obstacle course where he gets to the top. So that's what I was imagining at first, and then I was like, wait, this is not really it. It's supposed to simulate, like, the kind of challenges and strength, physical strengths you'll need to ride a dragon. So, um, this hand-to-hand combat shows that she's smart because she poisons... She, A, finds out who she's going to be battling before she does, and then she goes and poisons them in different ways and doesn't get caught, except for one person who does realize what she's doing. Drum roll, guess who? That's right, it's Zayden. Ryerson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he notices, and then he exposes her, kind of. And he takes her to the mat, and he beats her up. 
<laughs> Not in that way. <laughs> he beats her up. No, he doesn't. He doesn't actually. He like he challenges her. She's supposed to challenge somebody else, but she poisons them too early. Or maybe he knows that no, she's No, she poisoned them too early. Yeah, so they go to the, you know, infirmary. Infirmary? Yeah, infirmary. And Zayden's like, I'll battle her. Um, but, like, it's like a, you know, jiu-jitsu kind of thing where... It's tension is yes. what it is. Sinful and, tension. And he gets very close to her and disarms her and then says, you can't be doing this anymore. You have to challenge yourself. Otherwise, you're not going to get stronger. So then, like, he really, like, takes it up... Um, with himself and, like, other people in his circle to, like, get her physically fit. Well, not yet. That doesn't happen. But it kind of sets that up. Yeah. Because after all of these challenges, all this training, you get to parade in front of the dragons to see. You basically get vibe-checked by these dragons. If they don't like you, they just incinerate you on the spot. Yeah, you either pass or get flamed. Literally Literally. get roasted. (laughs) Literally just not make it out alive. And then they go through the gauntlet, which, um was another point where it's supposed to demonstrate her intelligence. Well, it did. Well, did it? I don't know. I'm still a little like, iffy on how much intelligence that showed. Yeah. The gauntlet. Uh, the the knife. So, the final challenge in the gauntlet is, if you've ever seen American Ninja Warrior, it's that one ramp they have to climb up to get to the button at the end, which is essentially a tiny curve and a vertical wall. And it's supposed to simulate you having to get on your dragon. Mm-hmm. So, she so she meets up with Zayden. Like, she... she runs into Zayden the night before she has to do the gauntlet. And she's really sad because somebody that in her um, team just died on the gauntlet. Practicing, training. Practicing on the gauntlet. Like this really, you know, fit girl. She'd been training for the Riders' Grunt for her whole life. So she was really upset about that. And then she's like, Zayden, I'm not going to be able to do it. Like, I'm just, I'm going to die. Um, and he's like, the right way isn't always the only way. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So he encourages her to, like, think outside the box. And so she uses, like, you know, what knowledge she has of the Codex, which is their... Like, law. Bible. Their, yeah, their law. Um, and finds, like, a loophole where she can use one of the daggers that she brought with her to the Rider Squadrant, which is now part of her person. So she uses that dagger to, like help haul herself up and yeah. over the ramp that she literally could not get through. Um, or no, it was actually the chimney that she couldn't get through. Oh, well, she, she figured shows how that much out I with the rope. But then she, like, finds a loophole. So so that loophole, I, I do think thinking outside the box, and, like, she did have yeah, a lot of knowledge. Yeah, when you framed it that way, I forgot that she looked into the codex. She has a lot of knowledge about the rules. So she, so she didn't break any, which is how she got away with it. It's like yeah. becoming a lawyer to do crime. <laughs> That's to, essentially to live. <laughs> I mean, yeah, with circumstantial, <laughs> circumstantially. Mm-hmm. Um, so now she's made it. She's passed. Now it's dragon time. Yeah. I by this point, you're kind of frothing at the mouth to hear about the dragons. I just wanted, I I wanted to read it. I wanted yes. to be on the dragon myself, but you know, yes. you live vicariously through Violet <laughs> as they are paraded in front of the dragons. Some of the people that we don't like just get flamed, so it gets rid of some characters. Yeah, thank goodness. Yeah. I'm glad the dragons do that because maybe they can, like, you know, maybe the vibe check is right. Maybe they can see it in their minds or something, but some of them deserve to be flamed. <laughs> None of the dragons are going to flame someone like Violet or, like, someone, like, good at heart or anything, you know? Yeah. I think they have that kind of vibe. Yeah. After that happens, and then it's threshing time, which is, the threshing is the big event, where you go and mingle with the dragon. It's like the most scary networking event of your life. You could still get flamed if your personality 
and is there's, not good. And there's no rules. Like, everybody could kill everybody. Yeah. They're it, still it, trying. Yeah, everybody could still try to kill you if they want the dragon that claimed you. Because at this point... So, the dragons claim you, and then you form this bond. And one of their first rules, which becomes important as uh, the dragons come more and more into play as they train and go to battle and such, is that if a rider dies... A dragon will just be sad, but they'll get over it. They'll grieve and everything. But if a dragon dies, the rider dies. Mm-hmm. So it's a pre- it's more than a symbiotic yeah. relationship. Yeah, <laughs> the dragon could still die if they have, like, a really strong bond. But, like, could, really most, strong bond, most yeah. of the time they'd be okay. Yeah. Uh, so Violet is going through this threshing and looking for a dragon, but none of them are calling out to her. Uh, so... I don't remember how does she find Andarna. Uh, so Andarna is like this really small dragon that's golden, and so at at um at the presentation she had seen was Andarna there. Oh yeah, she yeah, was. Andarna was there. Everybody was making fun of Andarna. They're like, oh my god, this little weak little dragon. Um, nobody's gonna bond to her, or maybe Violet should bond to her. Blah blah blah. Because she's also weak and stuff. Yeah. So, but Violet, like, you know, she she's looking after this little dragon, and um, during threshing, she can see Andarna, because she's golden. Um, she's quite the beacon. Yeah, she look, climb, climbs up to a tree, finds Andarna, but then she also hears Jackass and his little posse thinking, like, they're gonna go kill Andarna, because they want to kill the weakest of the bunch. Whatever. Jackass. Anyways, so she goes and she's like, no, 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 they can't do this. But she has, like, a sprained ankle and everything. So she's trying to chase after them to, like, you know, fend them off or tell or warn Andarna, hey, like, get out of here. You're going to, like, they're going to try to kill you. But she gets to Andarna. Andarna's just chilling. She's, like. Straight vibing. That yeah. girl, unbothered. Yeah. She's not a care in the world. Violet's like, dude, like, fly away. Fly. Can you even do it? And Andarna's just sitting there, like, all pretty, flipping her hair and everything. Yeah. So, anyways, Jackass and his posse get in there, mm-hmm. and then they they're three on one against Violet, and then um, Violet, who has at this point a collection, a plethora of injuries, she has, uh, she's limping. There's a old wound that stitches have reopened. Like yeah. she's girl is not in not good shape in right any now. Condition, but she's still trying to defend this little dragon. And then um, Zayden sees this, and he, Zayden cannot interfere. He's a wing leader, like, you know. So it's like a commander. Very high up in the ranks. He has, like, the last word on most things, but he still cannot um, It's interfere. against the rules for yeah. him to interfere. And Zayden has one of the biggest dragons. The uh, biggest, the scariest. That he's bonded to, Sigil. Mm-hmm. Um, Sigil, but we call her Sigil. Sigil sounds better yeah um and so they're both sigil and zayden both see this they see that like this little dragon is being attacked by these three guys and zayden's like i would uh strongly recommend you don't do this and sigil behind him is like growling at them she's like don't you dare um but so violet has to fight them three on one she throws she's really good with her dagger so she throws a dagger into jack's um shoulder shoulder he runs coward (laughs) and then the other two guys are still there still trying to fight her to kill her and the baby uh, not the baby the little dragon i guess we could say baby this is yeah nobody else knows that she is like a baby dragon like she's not grown she's like two or something like that but everybody, like, all the characters are not aware that this is a baby dragon. They think that this is a fully grown, eeny-weeny dragon. Mm-hmm. Pocket so she, size. So she is a baby. 
Um, and then Sigil kind of warns her mate. Um, Sigil has a mate. His name is Taren, and he is the big bad one. The big bad one. Stuff of legends, like, this is a dragon known to everybody that his mm-hmm. last rider died, and he has not chosen a bond ever since. Nobody has been worthy, etc., etc. Yeah. So, and, and, and nobody expected him to show up. Yeah, he was not supposed to be bonding. He didn't agree to bond. It's very much like dragons run this world, by the way. They do. Like, everybody likes to pretend otherwise, but it's the dragons. Nobody can tell a dragon what to do. Uh, so, yeah, Taren shows up, defends Andarna, um, and then he bonds with uh, Violet. Violet, and so he didn't have to bond with Violet, by the way, but he did choose to. He did choose to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not only did Taryn bond mm-hmm. with Violet and Darna, eeny weeny baby, she is also <laughs> chose to bond with Andarna. So this with, is with, like with Violet. Yeah. Oh, sorry, with Violet. Yeah, I said Andarna twice. Nice. Um. This is, like, massive historical moment because nobody has ever been chosen by two dragons. And so they take it to their dragon council. And it's approved. So now Violet has gone from being the weakest person, weakest link in the team, to the person that's bonded with two dragons. Mm -hmm. So a couple things that change when you get a dragon bond. You can now talk to the dragon mentally, which was worked in really well into the book because the... The narration's from a first-person point of view, so, like, Violet's telling you this story. And then, in italics, you can see Taryn also piping in sometimes, and he, like, tells her to screw off and stuff like that. It's very funny. Or she'll be, like, um, complaining about how nosy Taryn is, and then he'll be like, I heard that. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. It's it's very funny. And and Darna can also talk to her. And then this is when you find out that Darna was not ever supposed to be bonding with people because she's not fully developed. Mm Mm-hmm. And another plot twist. Oh, wait, no. Before I get into that one, um, writers can also develop some sort of power based on their bond. Well, no, based on who they are and is powered by their dragon. So everybody has different skills. Uh, Zayden is that he can manipulate shadows. And this is when we learn, or a bit before we learn that Dane, the childhood best friend, can actually read memories mm-hmm. when he makes contact with people. A surprise mm-hmm. tool for later. Yeah, uh, so that's called their signet. Their signet, signet power. that's the word. Yeah, and so can we touch on Dane quick while while we're going through this little synopsis? Charlie loves to shit talk Dane, and no, I love to I, enable it. I think it. the whole fandom, because hmm. this man does not believe in Violet at all. He will constantly put her down, constantly make her feel like she can't do it, and this is like imposter syndrome. Like, this is what we experience in our lives sometimes. That's true. Like, People telling us, or like, you know, not even, even just yeah. insinuating, like, oh, are he you like sure? validates her insecurity about it. He gives her multiple opportunities and nearly forces her to leave the school. Yeah. When she never expressed that want. And he definitely crossed boundaries too with his mind reading thing. He touched her like what thirty three times. Somebody touched counted. her like on her cheek. Yeah. Like, but she, which she thought was like a caring, loving gesture. But mm-hmm. she, he was actually going into her mind and yeah. reading her memories yeah. against her more than once at least. I'm sure. Oh, somebody counted on the internet. It was, it was like thirty sometimes. Yeah, he counted. So, and I also think it might be a lie. Like he has to touch them on the face. I kind of doubt that. I just think he like likes her. Yeah, but in a I really weird twist He's of like, way. I don't know, it's like, oh, I'm not gonna and say And I just, that. I just can't believe, like, after she's proved herself in the gauntlet, she's 
bonded to dragons he's still telling her like i'm so worried about you blah 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 but like you're not worried about her you just want to like put her down yeah like you can help her you know you could train her and like when did he ever train her? he didn't actually and that was something that zayden pointed out yeah and it's like you have to stop coddling her and start what and then and then she like threw some daggers at Jack to like scare him off because Zayden was like you should throw some daggers at Jack he's constantly threatening you so she did that and Dane's like why did you have to aggravate him but like in my opinion like he's already out for your blood you know Might he's as well. already gonna try to kill you like there's no more aggravating him stand up for yourself yeah yeah and Dane yeah. even when she got bonded with two dragons an historical moment he was like oh you should pick the small one he not knowing that she was a baby. He says, oh, yeah, she won't be able, you won't be able to ride her, but it's safer than bonding it's with Tang. It's a safer bet. Wouldn't you be safer with a stronger dragon? Like, that's the thing. Won't you be safer by building yourself up? He just wants that, to keep that her was protected. A yeah. Somebody make merch with Charmy saying they're on there. That, cool. <laughs> build yourself Stoves up, Stoves are on. <laughs> we are cooking. Sorry. Okay. Uh, back to the synopsis. We were we uh, were at the part where she bonded. and The other thing yeah. to mention is that Taren and Sigil, as mentioned before, are bonded. They are Mated. honestly carrying the romance in this oh book. Oh my god. They're the real romance here. This so romanticy, the romance part is, is Sigil and... Tear. Like talk about a power power couple. Um so with they're this so and they're also meddlers too, like totally and know, raunchy. They love raunchy for sure. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> um now I lost my sure thought. Uh they're bonded and mm-hmm. since they're also bonded to their writers, Zayden and Violet, now all four of them are connected and can communicate with all like in all directions. So Violet and Zayden can mentally talk to each other. Taryn can talk to Zayden, Sigil can talk to Violet. It's a whole... It's I don't cute. have a good word for it. And they're also bonded in life, too. If, yes. If either one of them dies, then the dragon that's bonded to them can die, meaning the mated pair of the dragon would die. And meaning the, the rider would die. Other rider, yeah. It's quite... It's just a bad domino chain. If anybody yeah. gets knocked over, we all go down. Yeah, so this is when Zayden, like, steps in and he's like, okay, we have to, like, you know, take care of her. Yeah. And, like, he gets a character, Liam, to help her out and be her and bodyguard. Imogen. Imogen helps train her. Eventually, Zayden also tries to train her, too, because... Um, yeah, for reasons, you know, because, yeah. like, oh, yeah, for her good. Yeah. Because I can't let her die. Yeah. Totally. I mean, like, yeah, but also, like, there was an ulterior motive. Yeah, I think what had happened was, like, um she eventually so she got at, like somebody attempted murder in her in her sleep yeah so that was when we realized andarna is a baby she stopped time to save violet because she was about to get her like like throat I think like strangled slit. Or something. yeah and then zayden comes in kills everybody there because he has the right to in the codex it, it was against the law for them to, to kill each other in your sleep is yeah. like mega crime exactly and so then um maybe i'm skipping a few things here but okay. also um Violet eventually has to uh, battle Jack. He had the right to challenge her. And so she figured out that um, he's allergic to oranges. So she used that as she's, like, literally, like, you know, about to get her neck snapped or something by him. She puts oranges in his mouth. He passes out. She didn't try to kill him. She should have poisoned him. She should have killed him. Um, But she has this thing about, like, not wanting to kill anybody. Um, But Zayden doesn't know about this because she asked Liam to keep it from him and then when he finds out and you know she wakes up in the infirmary he's like I'm taking over wait I'm taking over 
Oh my god, I hate <laughs> that <you>. one. <laughs> I like it. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, so um, pretty much the book continues with them training and the tension between Zayden and Violet is climbing and escalating and this is when the raunchy dragons come in because because of their connection when Sigil and Taryn are getting it on and doing their business as couples do uh, both Violet and Zayden can feel it they get like spillover horny (laughs) Uh, and it's hard to go so Violet's not used to this and she's literally like hunting she sees a man she's like mine but you know the guy actually is like her friend and so Mm -hmm. nothing happens but then she runs into Zayden and so he's feeling too he's like it, like, doing the equivalent of, like, smoking a blunt to dull it. Yeah. <laughs> and she says no, because drugs are bad. Go Violet. Big illegal. Or big illegal, as I write in my notes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this is, like, their first kiss, and, like, whoo. So their their relationship is getting closer and closer as they go. And then the last um, challenge or game for them to go through is called the War Games. So this is the last thing they have to do before they graduate from their first year of dragon riding school. And the idea is to simulate, like, an attack and see how you respond. So, the way it's organized, um, Zayden is made responsible for defending a bordering village on, like, the outskirts of the territory, some ward, whatever. And he is allowed to pick his own team, so he picks a whole bunch of marked rebel children. Well, not children, but, you know, people. And Violet, because, you know, they're bonded. They gotta be together. Dragons can be apart. Also, I love her. Anyways, <laughs> skipping over that one. And then they go to this bordering village. They have the instructions there. And then they find out that it was a suicide mission. Mm-hmm. And like, what? Uh, okay. So it was a plan all along to get all these people killed. And then this is when we find out possibly the biggest... Like, this... I didn't see this plot twist coming. The, like, I, some of the other stuff, predictable. You saw mm-hmm. it coming. This... From here on, I was like, oh, like, (laughs) totally uncharted territory. But you find out that there are these other creatures that we had been mentioned before, but more as, like, a a folk story, like like a bedtime story that um, Violet used to read from a book that her father gave her. And there's the, what are they called? Venon and and Wyvern. Wyvern? Wyvern. Wyvern. I think it's Wyvern. Uh, they're like the legless dragons. They also show up in other cultures and such. This is when I was mentioning the like the Chinese like legless dragons, oh, yeah. something like that. But I think wyverns are also two legged, two legged, yeah. and they they're mentioned in some other mythology. Yeah, that's not coming to my head right now. But anyways, not the point. Um, and these other creatures are attacking the bordering villages, which have been the supposed war that's been happening this entire time what their training force to fight who they thought the real enemy was the griffin riders but the griffin riders are hoping to get resources from uh navarre to fight the venon and the wyvern so essentially what you find out is that the entire plot and everything that violet was raised to believe is a lie and a lie that her mother knew a lie that everybody knew yeah because her mom has like one of the daggers that could be used to kill a venom. Like, there's yeah. a spe- special material, and that same material is what, like, powers their wards with the dragon. Exactly. Um, so, Navarre is protected because of these wards. No and- no ma- magic can come through the wards, um, and that's why they're protected, and they can, you know, live in this um, 
ignorance. But the people outside those wards, they're defenseless. Yeah. They don't even have the material that they need to kill the, the venom. And the and one venom can, like, destroy an entire town. Yeah, they can. Yeah, they're, like, stupid powerful uh, and hard to kill. Super yeah. hard to kill. You only have the specific daggers that have specific runes on them and everything. Mm-hmm. And then this is when you find out that Zayden, the ethical legend he is has actually been smuggling material <laughs> to these griffin riders for them to defend themselves and now violet is just like what's that expression rugged rip like like pulled from under her totally <laughs> retro foundation of trust and everything that they have built together depressing heartbreaking she's upset understandably so zayden did leave this out of every single conversation ever and like at this point like violet is in love with zayden oh totally because Smitten. like They've, um, you know, she found out her signet uh, after killing Jack, you know, accidentally. She didn't want to kill him, but she was really upset that it changed her, that she killed somebody. But then, like, Zayden, like, comforted her. They had some sinful tension <laughs> and all that. But, um, you know, after, like, a few moments where she really realized, like, oh, my gosh, I like him. Like, I really loved him because he is the person that is there for me. Um, so and yeah, beside her not defending her. Exactly. So they've progressed. She said, I, lo- I love you to him, like, twice or something. He never said back. Oh, oh. Man moment. But it's be- I guess it's because he was, like, hiding these things from her. Like, he wasn't telling her about the venom or yeah. about his work. He was betraying the kin- kingdom. He never freaking told her. So he kept his heart, you know, to himself. And then, like, now Violet also feels betrayed because yeah. she trusted him and she loved him. And honestly, he could have told her way earlier. He should have told her no. way earlier. I mean, no, I understand. I, so. I understand because she still was like in saying that Dane was her friend and everything, and Dane could read her mind, right? So right, exactly. I, I get that part, but I think the same moment that he would tell her, he should tell her, "You can't trust Dane. You have to protect yourself." And That's then he should have done what he usually does, which is show her how to protect herself. Yeah, and he already at this point has trusted Violet with many secrets yeah. that she has kept uh, yeah. from Dane and everybody else. So, I guess. But at the same time, it was a good... I didn't see that coming, that uh, they were aiding the Griffin Riders. Yeah. So after this is established, there is a Venom attack and just this huge battle. It was exciting to read. And this, obviously, because just my luck, <laughs> is when like the calm piano music comes on. <laughs> And oh my no, god, that's, that's the, the dissonance is just crazy. I honestly just ignored it at that point, just like flipped so fast through that battle. I inhaled this boat, no joke. <laughs> Guys, listen to "Bury a Friend" x Spider Man when you're when you're reading the battle. Yeah, just make sure you curate your musical experience because yes. it can definitely. Well, okay, no, I still really appreciated the book, but some other people might just completely take them out of it. it I don't could, blame it, you. It could make or break a few chapters. It, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it could. So after this battle, Violet has used her signet and she's like exhausted. She's poisoned, stabbed, and her tissues are not tissuing. And her tissues have issues. Her tissues have issues. And um, Zayden like is like taking care of her. She's like passed out. You get like snippets of what's happening. Uh, but she's taken to a place and they're like, "Are we really gonna take her there? There's no way." Oh, etc. And then. She wakes up after... Oh, no, you get Zayden's POV. Oh, my God. Okay, yes, there's one chapter in the original book that's Zayden's POV of when she wakes up after 
Yeah, after, after like af- being poisoned by this dagger. Yeah. Um, and somehow, she like exhausted her energy using her signet yeah. as well. Yeah, so you can burn out too yes. from using too much power. So she was on the verge. She was about to die. He, like, she wakes up. Um, no, so he, it's his POV. Um, she's laying there and he's thinking about all these things. They're like, oh my gosh. This like, is when you find out that he liked her back, actually. <laughs> yeah. And has been. And but, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> loves her too, I guess, but we're not sure. He never told her. And so he, like, go, uh, reminisces on, like, all the memories that they have together. Like, you know, when he actually fell for her was, like, when they kissed. The nickname that he made up for her that I can't believe yeah. we haven't mentioned until now. He calls her Violence, which was, like, I rolled my eyes at back. And- but I, I, like, I appreciated it after the Zayden's POV scene because he explains why. Because he says, like, Violet is, like, too soft of a name for, for somebody with, like, so much strength as she yeah. has. And, like... You know, the look in her eyes when, like, she can take on anything and, like, you know, yeah, he she's feisty. She, he definitely saw her for her worth and, like, what she could do, contrary to Dane, who was seeing, like, her as this breakable little, item um, yeah. that he had to defend. And which is so sad because they're childhood friends. Like, he's seen more than Zayden has, Zayden has ever seen of, like, I think that's why, though. Through. Like, you're yeah. a little more protective because, like, oh, that's the baby you were playing with. But also, like, she's been through so much. Like, she's had so many broken bones and, like, That's functioned true. through pain and everything. Oh, and, and, um, so, yeah. Zayden, in this, in this scene, he talks about, like, why, why he likes her. And then she finally wakes up. Um, but then we, we're all, we'll also talk about the two bonus Zayden scenes in a bit. Once you're done, Sam. Oh, you know. well, I mean, we're pretty much close to the end of the book. She wakes up and they're like, I can't trust you anymore. How can I love you if I can't trust you? And they have this conversation, which I am sure is going to happen at least 50 more times in Iron Flame. That's my prediction. That's fine. To be, it's okay. It's okay. It has I to just, be done. As long as I get somewhere, that's what I'm scared of. As I'm long scared as it that, doesn't take 20 chapters. I know, like, the miscommunication stuff makes me want to gouge my eyes out. Like, we'll, I can't We'll give her it. the benefit of the doubt. We'll give her the benefit of the doubt because <laughs> this book was well done. Um, so she's like, oh, like, how am I alive? Like, how did she get healed? She feels fine. Who walks in? But Brennan, her supposedly dead brother, <laughs> he's like, Hey, Violet, welcome to the rebellion. That's it. Book end. Mic drop. FBI, open up! Oh my god, Charlie. <laughs> it's loud. Content warning if you're wearing headphones. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so it, the book ends with Brennan walking in and welcoming Violet to the rebellion. After she, you know, has said that, okay, I will help you. Yes. But yes. I can't, I can't love you. And then we get into bonus chapters. Trevi, let's go for you it. You have it fresh oh in your gosh. mind. Yes, the bonus chapters. I really like those books that kind of flip throughout between like the you know um, two love interests. Uh, Shout out Rick Riordan for setting the yeah. example. I know, but so this one we got like three chapters at the end of the book, which is okay. You know, it would have been well, nice to know what Zayden was thinking a little bit more. Yeah, we only got three because of the bonus chapters. Yeah. Otherwise, we would have gone like a smidgen and nothing yeah. else. So, these so are, maybe something to look forward to in Iron Flame. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I hope so. Um, so these two chapters, the they're scenes that have happened in the book already. They're not like new scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Zayden's perspective of the scene where um he first he first challenges her when yeah. he takes her to the mat after as he figures painted out. before <laughs> <laughs> after he like figures out she's poisoning people. Mm-hmm, exactly when he and challenges so, her and like yeah. beats the hell out of her. My favorite part about this scene was 
hear it like hearing why Zayden thinks that Violet is smart because there's so many different like definitions of smart you know and you also can't just say that a character is smart like what does that mean does that mm-hmm. mean that they're like you know quick or or does it fast mean... on their feet like or do yeah. they just know a lot about everything or emotionally intelligent so there's so many different types of smart but Zayden like nails it right here when he says um he's got her pinned down and he's like seeing that all her like facial expressions and how she processes it and how she like comes up with a new plan and he says the speed at which she processes information and compartmentalizes it is such an advantage and that's true like that makes me realize why violet is smart because like she can handle you know a stressful situation no she adapts to it and i mean there was also other situations where she was just like determined and like headstrong about things but this like in battle and when she had to plan things out she was really quick on her feet so i think i think we mentioned this like her like being like not like other girls and stuff this is an example of how like she has been training to be a scrap her whole life so her way of thinking her way of approaching stuff is not the same as imogen per se who has no other choice but to go into the dry the writer's quadrant mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah, that was a topic we, Charby and I like to talk about, is, like, the different kinds of smart. Because even within our own, with our peers and our friends, there's, like, different types of intelligence yeah. in different subjects and different yeah. areas of life. Like, even if, you know, you're in a hard degree or anything and, and, like, you don't feel like you're cut out for, like, the content itself, if you're organized, if you are resourceful, all of those things can really help you, like, be a smart person. Like, work yeah. smart, not hard. Exactly. Enough. It doesn't take away from your intelligence. Yeah, exactly. Which is a character development that everybody's going to have to go through. That's something I don't think you can teach. You just have to suffer through imposter syndrome until you learn that it's, you're a lot more than that. Yeah. But that was cool to see in in the book as well. Yeah. You're all smart, and we're all smart in our own way, and, like, don't compare yourself. Don't compare. Yeah. Um, Okay, the other bonus scene was after Violet bonds Mm -hmm. with Taryn and Andarna. Correct. And so this is Zayden's POV of when Dane is being all, you know, Dane. She broke the rules, criminal. Don't you see what Zayden did? Um, So, yeah. Uh, Dane basically says, Zayden cheated and did something, and you weren't supposed to bond with both of them. But then Zayden pops up, he's like, what did I do? And then he challenges him, and he gets super jealous. He does. does. And this kind of tells us, like, he liked her even now. Even before they, like, officially were, like, bonded through their dragons. Or, like, admittedly into each other, yeah. Yeah, he was already, like, attracted to her, but he was also jealous. Because, um... And he exposes it, too. Yeah. Remember, because he, um, so he, he had stepped in, right, which was, like, big illegal again. And then, um, Dane was, like, challenging, like, you couldn't interfere, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then he exposes Dane, saying, like, oh, you, you're saying that you wouldn't have stepped in to save your precious Violet, mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever. And Dane comes out and says, no, I wouldn't have. I would yeah. have seen her die. And that's when Violet kind of clocks, like, oh, shit, he, like, loves the rules. More enough than so the much. people. Yeah, enough to, like, not know when to break or bend them for people that you'd care about. Which is, like, oh, Dane, like, come on. But uh, just to be clear, Zayden didn't break any rules except for, like, a step forward that he took towards her yeah. when she was, like, literally about to die. But then Taryn came in, scared off the two. Burnt, no, burnt, he killed burnt them. Burnt the two, or burnt one of them. Uh, the other guy I was still alive. I think the other guy just died. Orin or whatever. He's still oh, alive because yeah, yeah, he yeah. choked her later. Um, so, yeah. Sorry. Sam. Sorry. Carry on. <laughs> but uh, he didn't do anything, like, illegal. Um, but Dane thought Insinuates that... Insinuates it. 
Yeah, Dane thought that he forced Taryn to bond her or something, which is not true because Taryn did bond her. Impulsor syndrome continues. For, yeah, for her, like, because he chose her. Because her courage. She, yeah, she um, defended Andarna. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get into some theories. Yeah, so um, according to the bookstagrams that Charvi is connected to, there's lots of theories. Mm-hmm. I have apparently no capacity of critical yeah. thought and then take everything at face value. <laughs> so I, <laughs> all of these call me so off guard. We, yeah, we don't know yet. We haven't read Iron Flame and we have been avoiding spoilers like the plague. Um, but I do think that there's, you know, something circu- circling around, like, even before Iron Flame came out, that Thaden could also be intrinsic, which means he can also read minds, or to Without some extent... touching people. Yeah, to some extent, know something that they're thinking. And, like, there was some evidence in the book that this happened. Like, he knew some things. Like, in the bonus scene, I think, he knew something. Um, he knew that she had called him... Oh, uh, a traitor! Or yeah, like the way like he remembered the specific words that she had yeah. used, but hadn't said out loud. Yeah, she See, never when said that. I out loud. read that. I thought it was just like, oh, because they're bonded, or like because you know he did, you know he did. I mean, it's not like a, it's not like a hard he, he conclusion did to get to. Her. But um, but that was one thing, and then another thing that like I did notice was um, during the scene where um. Taryn and Andarna and Sigil are there after Violet was just, like, choked. Um, he looks at Taryn, and Taryn's talking only to Violet, or, like, saying something only to Violet, but then he's looking really intently at Taryn, and Taryn goes, don't even try to read me, human. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, like, maybe he, Satan was trying to read a dragon? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> something was going on there. So I guess we'll see if they mm-hmm. expand on that in Iron Flame. Yeah. Another thing I want to see expanded on Iron Flame is if this war is happening, and not with the Griffin Riders, but with the Venom and the Wyvern, why do the dragons not say anything? Like, what? Yeah, I don't get it either. I, yeah, it was weird. It's like, a big I, question. Why are they going along with it? Why do they have these wards up against Griffin Riders, who, when it came time to battle, they were pretty chummy with. Like, they were, they were fine working together. I guess maybe, like, they don't have the power to go all the way past there. But also, I just don't understand why they're buying into all the BS that, like, the generals are, like, Feeding. saying. And the, the scribes are writing. Like, yeah. you know, the dragons know the truth. Why aren't they, you know, trying to fight? Also, the wards are failing. So maybe that's, like, what changed. Maybe, like, maybe. something's wrong. The wards are failing. They need to protect the Vale, which is, like, the dragon homeland where they, like, you know, raise their babies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, that's a big question. I don't get it. Like, and why yeah. are they bonding? Why are they going along with this? So I think that included. There was also some other stuff that wasn't obviously Brennan coming back. The yeah. way, like, it's set up for Iron Flame really well. I'm kind of glad I didn't read this in May because waiting six months, I would have forgotten everything. Yeah. Instead yeah. of being able to jump into the book tonight. Yeah, like two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> two thank weeks. God. Um, but some other things that I'm really curious about are about, like, what are the circumstances of her dad's death? Because that's really sketchy. He, maybe he, like, <laughs> delved into something he shouldn't have. Or, yeah, there's, like, rumors. Or he was killed. Um, or... No, there's rumors that he turned into a venom, right? I don't know about that. But I don't know about that. Some of these are far-fetched. Sad. I honestly just believe he died out of grief for his son. Yeah. I do think her mom might get a redemption arc. I hope I, she I believe. Okay, this is where Sam and I disagree. <laughs> yeah. I want her mom because, like, you know, 
in hindsight, what has her mom done? She put her in the writer's corner. Maybe she knew she was capable, but she had no doubts. But they have no relationship whatsoever. It's little. There's no mother-daughter relationship. It is general yeah. and soldered relationship. It's going to be something like, I always loved you, but I had to be at a distance because <laughs> of all these lies and blah, blah, blah. Like, but shut up. And her mother must... Hope. Her mother knows about the Venom and the Wyvern. Yeah. So, the OG liar. Yeah. I don't know. I. It's going to be very hard to pull a Zuko level redemption arc. Yeah. But you know what? We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, that brings us to all of our content. Uh it's a bit of a long episode. Thanks for sticking around so long. <laughs> Thank you. Please tell us what you think about any or if you have your theories or if you want to talk to us about other stuff in the book. We're happy to say so. Yeah, follow us on Instagram, best in books. And together all together one word yeah like check us out spotify apple wherever you are we have a spotify playlist for reading this book mm-hmm. so maybe check that out if you haven't read it yet i might actually just put the shire on there so some people go through the same oh, pain gosh. i did oh, no. you're welcome no thank you to whoever composed the shire because it's actually a banger <laughs> of a song just not for the battle scenes yeah. um the yeah. next episode will evidently be iron flame iron flame I'm so, so excited. If we are on schedule, you will get a little Christmas Eve treat from us yeah. if you celebrate Christmas. Uh, if not, holidays. happy holidays otherwise. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Thanks for joining. Bye. Bye.